This is a Broad Pods production. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and with me today is my co-host is Bianca Chatfield. Hi there, B. Oh, two weeks in a row. I'm so happy to be here again with you, Jo. I know, it's joyous, love. I love sharing this show with you. Now, on today's show, we have so much fun and so much important conversation for you. We're going to kick off talking about the critical funds being raised for breast cancer research. Thanks to the Mother's Day Classic, entrepreneur and podcaster Shamila Gopalan is going to help us find our purpose. Mm, sounds like I need that. <laughs> and one of my favourite writers, Kerry Sackville, is going to unpack the unpleasant world of dick pics. And, oh my gosh, we have one of the funniest, most gorgeous comedians joining us, Jude Pearl, who's going to be singing a song for us. That's later on the show. You do not want to miss it. Bianca, it is awesome to see you two weeks in a row. What a real treat. Oh, I know. Do you know what? I really love the broad radio music. Every time I hear that, whether I'm watching or hosting, just bopping away it's so great good vibes for the morning it really is um now a couple of things for housekeeping at the top if you're watching on youtube it would be awesome if you like and subscribed that's going to really help us as we grow and also on facebook if you could like us and follow us that'd be great share us with your mates even that would be awesome and you can catch us on podcast if you are unable to listen live watch live uh you can always catch up on podcast broad radio on the go wherever you listen to your podcasts now b i have to start by just calling out some serious victories over the last 24 hours for the ladies of the world this i loved chloe zhao the first asian woman and only second woman to win an oscar for best director for uh nomadland and she wore runners on the red carpet look at that I love those trainers. (laughs) So trendy. I must admit, over the last, what, two years that trainers and dresses have been in, I've really embraced that look. Probably too much, but I'm loving it. Uh, I'm kind of loving it too. And actually, this is the topic of our More to Say poll this week. This is a one-question survey that we run every week. And this week, we're asking, are high heels dead? What do you reckon, B? Well, I think, to be honest, now that you realise how comfy it is to wear trainers why would you choose to wear heels? And I mean, I'm six foot two, so I don't often get heels out, only when I feel like it, but I'm here for the trainers. It's a bit like just active wear all day, every day, (laughs) where you're going out. Why wouldn't we just add trainers to our life? I'm a little bit torn because I do love the feeling and the look of a high heel. Like I'm traditionally sky high all the way if I can. But my problem (laughs) is B... I hate admitting this because it's probably the first sign of aging. My knees can't hold up a whole night on 
heels. So anyway, we're asking that question, are the high heels dead? And uh, you can enter at broadradio.com.au and you could win yourself a gorgeous beanie with thanks to the hook designs. What a beautiful beanie. So head along to broadradio.com.au and answer that one question. You could win that gorgeous beanie. Thank you so much to the hook designs. Another great victory that I have to mention, Bianca, over the last 24 hours is the 2027 Netball World Cup is coming to Australia. It is. It's coming to Sydney and it's pretty exciting. I think there's so many World Cups going on um, now that the world is starting to open up again. But we know that we're getting the Australia and New Zealand uh, getting the women's football, so soccer World Cup in 2023. So it's just an incredible time for women's sport that so much is happening. We're able to actually see it on our home soil because we're lucky that we're in one of the, I guess, safest countries in terms of COVID. So hopefully by 2027, there'll be plenty more going on. But, uh, yeah, it's great to see all the netball countries coming back to Australia for that event. It was huge in 2015 when it was here in Australia and it's going to be even bigger then. Yeah, that's super exciting. And I'm really happy for, you know, Netball Australia who they work really hard to grow this sport. So um, and can we encourage you to watch it when you can? Yes, absolutely. And also that's the thing. Netball in Australia is always it's out, you know, it's massive here, but we need to help the other countries grow and we do that by having imports in our super netball. So by giving more countries the opportunity to come to Australia and compete is only going to help netball on the international stage. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited about Mother's Day. I love it. Um, Yes. (laughs) I am a (laughs) mum. I look forward to getting my fluffy socks, which is what I seem to get every year for a Mother's Day present, but that's okay. You can never have too many fluffy socks. But in a couple of weeks, thousands of people will be walking, jogging or running around the Mother's Day Classic, which of course raises critical funds for breast cancer research and treatment. And I know, Bianca, that you have a very close relationship with breast cancer at the moment. Yeah, and only just recently, you know, I was always one of those people that, you know, hadn't really been closely affected by it. And um, unfortunately, my mum found out in January that she has breast cancer. And um, we've been very fortunate, though, in that everything that's happened so far, her surgery, the radiation that she's had, everything has come through as positive as it can be. And she's feeling good and she's definitely on her way uh, to fighting it and to beating it. Um, But it has been a real eye-opener. It's such a shock um, when you obviously hear that, but to someone you love. And we've done the Mother's Day Classic before and read everybody's, you know, how they on, you know, their tops, they'll have, they'll dedicate the walk to somebody that they've either lost from breast cancer or that's suffering breast cancer at that time. Um, And it's such an emotional thing to do on Mother's Day. And and now we're, you know, going to do it with, I guess, more of a reason because now it's actually our mum, but we are going to go and do the Mother's Day Classic purely because it's being surrounded by other people that totally understand what's going on and, and how to work through it together. And I think, B, that you've really hit the nail on the head there, that it can be a really sort of um, conceptual idea, like it's sort of a bit remote until it then suddenly in, in just the flick of a switch is a part of your world and it becomes very real for you. But this happens for hundreds of thousands of people in Australia, you know, all the time, doesn't it? Oh, exactly. And I, I think it's unfortunate that none of us are immune to cancer um, and that it's going to affect somebody at some stage in our lives. And so I think... You know, the best thing is that you've just got to surround yourself with the right people and positive people and to do everything you can to try and help and support those people who are going through that. But uh, you know what? I think Mother's Day is the perfect time to put your pink on and get out there and go for a walk and celebrate the people that you have in your life and how we can support them and get them through. Yes. So we are talking Mother's Day Classic and to learn more about it, let's welcome the CEO of Mother's Day Classic, Zara Lawless. Hi there, Zara. Hi. It is having me. I can't believe it's been 24 years of the Mother's Day Classic. And um, so how much have you raised in this time? It's extraordinary, the amount. It, it is extraordinary. And and if you think back sort of 24 years ago, um, today, uh, these sort of charity fun runs, there's, there's quite a lot of them that you see out there. But back in 1998, when the Mother's Day Classic was founded, there really weren't that many. Um, and there also wasn't a lot of research, not the research that we see into breast cancer today. So we, in that time, over the 24 years, we've had nearly 1.5 million participants in the Mother's Day Classic, and we have raised almost $38 million. And that's uh, those that $38 million has gone to the National Breast Cancer Foundation to fund really game-changing research. It's, it's incredible. 
And am I right to say that it's 100% community funded? It, all the money raised is all from the community in Australia. That, that's right. So, so the National Breast Cancer Foundation are 100% community funded and, and we are, over that, that period of the 24 years, we as the Mother's Day Classic are the, the single largest donor to the, the National Breast Cancer Foundation. So every single person that has come along and has donned their pink gear, the mums, dads, children, grandparents, um, you know, has really contributed to this success and all of the people that donate to this cause. And it really is this community movement. Um, you know, so many people coming out all over Australia. In 2021, we have over 75 local locations right throughout Australia. And it is that community spirit. That's exactly what we're all about. And they can feel very proud of those funds. And that's what I do love. People think of these events being in, you know, the capital cities and being in Metro, say Melbourne, for example. But there's so many regional walks that everyone can join together. And that's what I actually love seeing. I know there's one down the Mornington Peninsula and they're, they're everywhere. So don't just feel like you have to go to the one that's in the city. Yeah, that's right. And even this year, you know, obviously after after COVID in 2020, when we were, um, you know, sort of six to eight weeks out of the event, we needed to, to pivot to a virtual event. But in 2021, there's even the flexibility to do it in your own time and place. So we're seeing a lot of people who are getting together with school and community groups, and they're almost starting up their own mini informal Mother's Day Classic, because we're sending them out a gorgeous race pack with their own start, finish line ribbon, and their medallion, their bibs, a headscarf, everything they need to bring the Mother's Day classic to life in their local community. Um, so yeah, they're, they're popping up. It's not just our 75 local locations, uh, they're popping up all over the place and we're really planning to just turn Australia pink on Mother's Day. Is this something that's sort of evolved out of COVID? Because last year, of course, we had to kind of do our own events. We weren't able to gather in groups. Is this, is this the result? Yeah, look, it's, it, we've, we've always had these regional, not always, uh, our regional events started in about 2007. We had a whole lot of regional um, hosts come on board and just amazing volunteers who have been touched by breast cancer in some way and want to get their community together to help raise these funds. So they have been building um, over that, that time um, and some of the, those events are coming up to their 12-year um, Mother's Day Classic. And then, of course, COVID hit and we, we went to virtual and then the, the, what's really evolved in 2021 as a result of COVID is that instead of our large major capital city events, which we'd usually have 10 of those in all Australian capital cities, we've now got these smaller local ones. So like you said before, we anchor, rather than seeing you know, the normal 25,000 people you would expect to see around the TAN, we've got events in and local locations throughout all of uh, Victoria and Australia. So you'll see them in Richmond, in Elwood, in Caroline Springs, in um, Belnaring Summers, in Fox Hill, in Ferntree Gully, Lilydale. They're, they're going to be all over the place and that's just replicated all over Australia. And not only is it, you know, adults that can register, we also know there's kids' packs as well. But I believe because of, I mean, during COVID, I think everyone around me seemed to, to get a dog or a cat. But now you can actually have race packs for your pets. That's right. That was a, a new addition this year. And again, in response, because we're there smaller, more informal events in 2021, we've got our very first pet registration, which has been hugely popular. Um, the pets, uh, the pooches are being sent out their own race bib and a gorgeous bandana. Um, and we have been loving seeing all of the pictures coming in of people registering their pets and they'll be getting out there too on Mother's Day. So you can get the whole family involved. Zara, I know that what you raise is critical research funding um, and, of course, treatment as well, new treatments for all of the women who are diagnosed with breast cancer. And, and we hear so much about there being much better rates of survival. Obviously, that's a huge thing to celebrate. But does that mean, do you think, at times there's a risk of being complacent about fighting the disease? I think you're right because in um, since the time that the National Breast Cancer Foundation has been in existence since 1994, the five-year survival rates have increased from 76% to the 91% that they are today. And I think you know often people think, oh, you know, there's so much money that goes into a lot of these pink charities, but there is still so much work to do because. Breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in Australia. Um, your story, Bianca, of people that have done the event in the past and then have been touched by breast cancer is just so common because one in seven Australian women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. So it really is a disease that touches everyone. It touches families and um, just all of the communities that surround um, those women and men. It does impact men as well. 
um, that are affected and there's still so much more to do with the research. With that 38 million that's been donated by the Mother's Day Classic, we funded 76 research projects. And they are, you know, every, when we look at these statistics, there's stories and women and men behind all of those statistics. And that research is changing the way people are diagnosed, the way they're treated, the effectiveness of their treat treatments, and it's ultimately saving lives and improving quality of life. And, and we just need to keep that going. We um, support the, the National Breast Cancer Foundation's goal of zero deaths from breast cancer. And, you know, it's something that research can achieve. We found a, a vaccine for COVID and people thought that was impossible 12 months ago and, and here we are. So, you know, with, through research, we can achieve that goal of zero deaths from breast cancer. And as you said, Bianca, people who walk and run and jog on the day for the Mother's Day Classic are frequently doing it in memory of someone dear to them that they have loved. That must make it a very moving day for you, Zara. It is absolutely beautiful. I've, um, I actually started in this role in, in 2019, so I've not been to one of our big Mother's Day classics uh, yet and, and um, certainly looking forward to getting back to physical events this year. But you know, certainly all of the community ambassadors and everybody I speak to and even some of the images that I've seen from our past events of, of people just so moved and doing it in, in the loved ones. Um, we have our tribute walls and, and there really is... And, and there's that, that element of remembering, but there's also this real sense of celebration as well for the people that have come to the other side of that journey and, and really knowing that even though there is that element of, of remembrance and sorrow at times, they're standing stronger together with you know, the, the thousand, tens of thousands of people all over Australia who are coming out for the Mother's Day Classic. Oh, thank you so much for your time today, Zara. And we really encourage you to get along and join in one of your local Mother's Day Classic events on Mother's Day, which is a Sunday week. Don't forget, yes. Sunday week is Mother's Day. <laughs> it is, I know. It's, the Mother's Day Classic is also a good reminder for everyone to get out, get the mum yes. a, a gift. And, and also, you know, you can always give your mum the gift of the Mother's Day Classic. We'll send her out a race pack and uh, it, it is a good reminder. So Sunday the 9th of May. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Zara. Thanks, Thank Sarah. you for having me. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I have to I have to confess something, uh, Bianca. There are a few people that I become quite obsessed with online, um, and okay. our, our, <laughs> our, ne our next guest I discovered on Twitter, and I I don't know what. Well, I wouldn't say I stalk her, but she is one of my favourite. Uh, columnists and authors. Tweeters? Uh, yeah, she's one of my favourite tweeters. Uh, she <laughs> is uncompromisingly honest, let's say that. It's one of the things I love about her. So please welcome Kerry Sackville. You stalk me. That's so exciting. Oh, my God. I don't know. Is that really awkward? Have you made many friends just from Twitter there, Kerry? I have, actually. My best friend in the world is someone I met on Twitter. Um, we started chatting years and years ago and I recognised her name and I was like, oh, are you, are you the Kylie who wrote such and such book? Um, that was one of my favourite books. Um, and um, she said yes and I invited her to my book launch, which was coming up. She was in Melbourne, I was in Sydney and we met at the airport and became besties after that I think we were stripping down to our underwear in my bedroom like getting ready for the evening celebrations within about 10 minutes of meeting so once you've done that you really have to bond you know I feel, I feel like it's looking good for you and I then Carrie. <laughs> look you're looking great if you want to come to my bedroom after this that's you know <laughs> the man thing isn't working out for me so I'm open to suggestions no. yeah no sure well let's let's take it one step at a time um i <laughs> i i recently a tweet that you wrote caught my eye though and you know you talk about parenting and having to live with uh older teens kids and and your adult kids you talk about your toilet exploding you talk fantastic conversations around i'm so play. glamorous i know yeah <laughs> you really bring the gold but um there was one particular tweet that caught my eye carrie that i was like i really want to talk to you about this the tweet was no dick pics today but i got offered a covid vaccine and then i go deeper into your tweet it feels like I mean, how often are you getting dick pics? Yes. You know, I'm 52 years old. So I would say that any number of dick pics at 52 years old is too often and, and also really, really often <laughs> because I shouldn't be getting any at this age. And I know it's something that happens to younger women, but I've discovered that any woman on the internet, I think, who is 
as you said, honest and and open. And and also I don't make a secret of the fact that I'm single. I've written a book on dating. And so I get a surprising number of dick pics. And it happens in two scenarios. One is when men send you unsolicited dick pics, I think is some kind of mating ritual. They think that this is attractive and it's going to go from them sending me a picture of their penis um, via Instagram messages to us getting married and <laughs> and merging our families. I'm not sure what happens in between. And the other is sometimes when men don't like something you've written, it's quite an aggressive act. It's a way that they um, almost can assault you um, over the internet in, in quite a... Um, uh, almost violent, sexually violent way, you know, to open up your messages and, and see someone's genitals that you really don't want to see. Um, so so there are two different scenarios. <laughs> Neither are good, really. Neither are good. Can I ask, what do you do when you get one? What do you reply? Like if anybody else is getting all of these dick pics sent to them, what? how do you respond to it? Uh, do you block something like straight this, something away? Like- <laughs> you know, but that's, that's generally my first response. I've, I've actually changed my approach because I used to get really, I wouldn't say frightened, but really freaked out and I would immediately block yeah. and report. Um, in more recent times, as I've got older, I've learned that when you can engage with people and and actually get into a dialogue with them, you can, you have, you have a chance at least of affecting change. And the last dick pic I got was from quite a young man and I had to think about how I want to approach it. And the poor fellow was silly enough to put his face in it. So I had a <laughs> bit of leverage. I mean, really. So I actually said to him, I got back to him, I said, you really need to apologise for this. You need to promise me that this is never going to happen again or I'm putting this photo out onto the internet and finding out who you are and taking action. Now, I wouldn't have done that. I don't actually believe in in public shaming. But it was a really effective tool and this man did get back to me and we started dialogue and he apologised profusely and, and you know, whether or not he's ever going to do it again, I, I can't be sure, but he's, he's certainly got a, a real shock. And I think that unfortunately in our culture a lot of young men don't actually know um, how to be a man in the world and how to be sexual and and how to relate to women. And this to me, these dick pics are a sign of, of such a messed up understanding of what male-female relationships should be like. I think, you know, in the best case scenario, these are guys who think, well, I'm fascinated by women's genitals, so they must be fascinated by my genitals too. You know, I'll share. And in the worst, it's, as I said, it's a kind of act of aggression because they don't know how to use their words and they don't know how to express their frustration. So there's a lot of work to be done there, and I'm there. doing my tiny bit. Well, and I, I think it's incredibly forgiving of you to dialogue with a person who's sending you something like that because it, it does feel like a, an act of aggression and a lot of women would not be as, um, I guess, open to that conversation. Yeah. But there, there are two things. Like I'm hearing from friends of mine who are single and they might be on Tinder and as soon as they connect with someone, suddenly there's there's this this dick in, yeah. in their inbox and it's yeah. like that's not that's not what I would want as a first contact with you <laughs> definitely not and I think that women you know women tend to like penises that are attached to someone they like it doesn't work in the reverse I really don't know of a woman who saw a dick pic and thought wow I just I, I can see that that penis is is someone that I'm going to have a really strong relationship with and want to bring up children with and, you know, talk about politics with. It's just all, (laughs) you know, wrong way up. And, again, I think, you know, I think a lot because I'm the mother of a son and also the mother of daughters, I feel like I'm the mother of like 20,000 children, but that's another story. (laughs) You know, I do feel that we as women have a responsibility to bring up our sons to understand these Mm. things and to have these conversations and and to help them to, to know better because, you know, a lot of the time it is, it is really young men doing this and clearly they're not being educated about what is appropriate behaviour and I think they're watching a lot of porn and they're seeing a lot of behaviour online that that um, reflects kind of a male fantasy about male-female interactions rather than what women actually want. Actually, what do you talk about with your son? Do you show him what you're getting and do you have does that start a great conversation around why you don't think it's right or how do you kind of handle that with your kids? 
I'm not going to show him the penis photos. I think that's, <laughs> that's something that none of my kids really need to see. Um, the last one was quite bulbous and really unattractive and, and no, it's just best to never speak of that. But I have a lot of conversations with my kids around the dinner table. It got to a point a few years ago when I was talking about feminism and consent so much that every time, you know, we'd sit down at dinner, my son would go, yes, feminism, feminism, feminism. You know, my, my little one who was probably about 10 would go, consent, consent. <laughs> so you can go a little bit overboard, but we, we do have a lot of conversations and, and also, you know, my my kids, I hate the word woke because I'm, you know, I'm too old to use the word woke, but they are pretty woke and, and you know, they're teaching me a lot, you know, my especially now my, my daughter who's nearly 20 is finally at uni face-to-face and meeting amazing people and a lot of them are, are gender fluid or, you know, in the LGBTQ community and I'm learning things that I didn't know. Um, we, we just all have to constantly be having these conversations and learning from each other. And, and I know I sound like I'm, I'm the perfect mum. I'm really not. I make mistakes like all the time. I mean, I asked my daughter once if being pansexual meant that, you know, you like trees and, <laughs> and she got very upset with me. You know, I can really <laughs> say the wrong thing, but I try. And that's what we need to do. We need to have these conversations and we need to, to try to keep um, the dialogue going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to acknowledge too that there's um, there's a kind of uh, dick pic that is, as you say, it is aggressive and they're using now the term cyber mm. flashing and it really should be. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're looking at legislation to criminalise this because you, you, mm. can't, you can't go around flashing in the streets, so you shouldn't be allowed to do it online, obviously. No. And I think there's a really easy solution. It's something that I've believed for a long time and and I don't understand why the social media platforms can't um, facilitate this because it happens on dating sites. So now with dating sites, there is a way to get um, validated. So, you know, when you start an account and you put your name in, you have to then either show your license or take a photo of yourself and and prove that it's actually you. And I think a huge part of the problem would immediately dissipate if you could only start a social media account with your real name and be validated and have to give your license, give your details, um, so that we don't have anonymous Facebook accounts, so that we don't have anonymous Twitter accounts, we don't have anonymous Instagram accounts. Because let me tell you, when people have to give their real name and have to show their real faces, they don't do that. Mm. Um, This is all from anonymous accounts or, or people who believe they're anonymous. Um, and I know that we all want to start an account with the name, you know, like baby mama 101 or happy <laughs> princess lady or, you know, cooking queen. But it's a small price to pay, I think, to make the internet safer for all of us. And when you talk about social media, how do you handle just personally the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride, the exhaustion sometimes we'll get from you know, whether we're just scrolling or whether we're contributing and getting lots of people commenting back to what you're saying, how do you handle that personally? God, that's a good question. I actually go in and out. So I spend time on social media sometimes um, when I'm feeling really good or I've got a lot to say or I'm feeling energised or, you know, I don't have a lot going on in the rest of my life and then I'll go off it. Um, I, I think for me, probably the biggest issue was dealing with criticism. And, you know, Joe, you'd know, I mean, as any sort of public figure, however minor, um, you know, when you're putting things out into the public arena, when you're writing columns or when you're writing tweets, when you have opinions, there are going to be people who don't like it. And that's something you have to learn to deal with. And for me, the hardest part of all that wasn't getting criticised or wasn't having to deal with with um, you know, negative responses, it was that every time it happened, I'd be completely surprised. So I can write something that I think is really controversial and I'll brace myself and be ready for it and nothing much happens. And then, you know, I wrote a piece um, not so long ago, a few months ago on how I hated board games. And I thought that is the most innocuous piece. No one's ever going to notice. It's just a fluff, you know, a bit of fluff for Sunday morning reading. And I was slammed, like slammed. <laughs> People from the board game communities, not just in Australia, it went viral, like all around the world and they're in forums and they're getting back to me telling me how uneducated I am and how I'm ruining oh. board games for everybody and trying to send me different board games. And it's like, it was just a bit of fluff. You know, so you, it's yeah. constantly like bracing yourself and then nothing happens and then relaxing and then you've got this kind of whole storm mm. in your face. So it's a roller coaster. It and, really is. But the good thing is it, it like 
no matter what's going on, it passes, you know, and, and you'll write yeah. something amazing that, that people love and then they've forgotten about the next week and you'll write something crap that people don't like and they'll have forgotten about it the next week. And in those moments that you experienced with the board game uh, outrage, <laughs> um, I just want to tweet, but I never do because I don't engage, but I always just want to tweet, for God's sake, get a sense of humour, people. Just stand down. There is so much I more know. to be worried about in life. I know. I know. Look, I, I wrote something... Uh, um, yesterday, because my daughter was homesick and she's only she's only thirteen, and I wrote something about how um, oh, I'm so thrilled to have yet another day at home with my thirteen year old daughter after spending all this time with her for thirteen long years. And somebody wrote, you know, that's really not very nice. And I was like, <laughs> what part wasn't nice? The satire or the irony? Like people, I think sometimes really are out there trying to take offence. Um, people often, I think, get online when they're really angry, and and I think also. People tend to be motivated to respond more when they're when they're angry. You don't really write like, "Oh, that was a nice piece," or "Oh, that's a nice comment," or you know, you might put a like, but you're not actually going to be motivated to write a whole comment. So when people do, it's generally because they're riled up, and often they're riled up, and it's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah, you've just got to cop it. That's right. Oh, Kerry, it's so delightful to catch up with you on the screen now that I've been stalking you on Twitter for all this time. Um, <laughs> well, I we say- must catch up <laughs> must. and share wardrobe experiences. <laughs> um, I want to say thank you to Katrina on our Facebook. We always invite your comments. Katrina is saying totally agree with the need for account validation because I know that it's not just ladies in the public eye who are getting random dick pics at very unpleasant moments in their day. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for Katrina for that uh, comment. And, uh, you know... Follow Kerry Zackville if you've only got nice things to say. Let's say <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I like and, and also, also um, bio books. You've got a few out there, haven't you, Kerry? Mm. I do. I do. The latest one is called Out There. Out There, a survival guide for dating in midlife. So a way to, to get you through the perils and and um, horrors of online dating. I can't guarantee you that you'll come out with a partner at the end, but it'll help you to stay sane during the process. Perfect. Oh, yes, and a little book of anxiety. Yeah. Mm. Is there any other books in the pipeline? There, there are actually. I'm working on one right now. I'm getting back to it right now. So there should be something out um, for Mother's Day next year. So I'll speak Ooh. more of that another time. But, yeah, I'm madly scribbling away. It's fun to be working on something. Oh, Nothing okay. about board games, I promise. <laughs> you know what? I hate board games too, by the way. I'm totally Yeah, me board. too. Yeah. Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. Uh, pardon yeah. the pun, Monopoly's the worst, but I can't talk because there are lots of other board games that apparent that I didn't mention in the piece, but I hate them too. So you know, it's... yeah, no, I'm on board with you hating board games. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Um, Carrie, thank you so much. It's been a delight to chat with you. Such a pleasure. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Broad Radio. Talking inspo we love, info we need, and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere. Every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis? <laughs> We've got you covered. Broad Radio. Here for more.
I can't hear you, Joe, for some reason. Oh, oh now to... I've got you. I've got Are you. you I've got you. Oh, yep. who can tell what's going on with the internet these days? <laughs> um, I was just saying, love, that I have confessed to being a Twitter stalker, but I'm also a LinkedIn stalker. And oh, across all channels. How else are you going to meet new friends? I don't have time to go out and actually socialise anymore. So this next woman I came across on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, I want to know her. I want to know more about her and I want to meet her. Um, she has worked across three continents for CNN, National Geographic Channel, Fox International. She's also a successful entrepreneur and co-host of the podcast Unapologetically Brown. Her name is Jamila Gopalan and I'm so happy that she's joining us on Broad Radio. Hi there, Sham. Hi, good morning, guys. So nice to be here. Oh, it's gorgeous to see you. And okay, so you've done so much. And I was, you know, you and I were talking about, I want you to come on the show. What are we actually going to talk about? Because there's so much here. So, but, <laughs> but you describe yourself as an entrepreneur with a purpose. And I thought, yes, I reckon all of us hear this term. We need to find our purpose. Life is better with a purpose. Apparently, purpose, purpose, purpose. Well, but half the time, we don't even know what that means. So why do you describe yourself an entrepreneur with a purpose? Well, I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head with saying that, you know, it seems to be this this buzzword, right? Purpose. And what is it and how do you find it? I mean, Amazon alone has like 60,000 books just on it. And that's just books, right? So it's amazing. Like everybody's trying to figure this like holy grail out. But I think it's it's actually quite simple. I mean, for me... I describe myself as an entrepreneur with a purpose because if you think of most entrepreneurs, um, you know, and, and, I, and I find this especially with female entrepreneurs, is we enter a space because we want to create a positive change or have a positive impact on the world. Well, you know, we have a mission. Like, for example, with what I do, my mission is to help female founders and entrepreneurs become very successful in their businesses so that they can become leaders and role models. That's my mission. And, you know, we see that as a problem because the problem is there was, there is not sufficient enough of women role models in this world. And we find a way to solve it. And the reason why we do things, everything we do is to fulfill that mission. And that becomes um, our purpose. So, for me, that's why I say I'm an entrepreneur with a purpose, and I make it very clear. And a lot of times, your purpose actually reflects on your unique experiences in life. So what you do is you channel that into your business so that those lived experiences uh, that you've had, you know, you can actually use that for greater good. And that's what kind of becomes the fundamental to the purpose of what you're trying to do. And do you think too, because I'm so fascinated by this conversation, I talk about it myself, I listen to a million different podcasts and TED Talks and everything about it. Does it really come down to when you know you have found your purpose, it's when you get that feeling, it comes down to a feeling that you know you're on the right track, that your energy is just empowering yourself to keep going on that mission? That is absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, a lot of a lot of times, sometimes we overthink it. We think like, oh, we have to find our purpose. If not, I will not be happy or I'm not doing what I need to do. I don't think, you know, you wake up one morning and there's a eureka moment uh, and suddenly you know what your purpose in life is, right? Um, you have to discover it by trial and error. And that is, that's why lived experience becomes a very important part of it. So you, you can't expect someone, a 15-year-old, it's very rare, or a 12-year-old, or even a 25-year-old sometimes to know what their purpose is or, you know, will be. I didn't find my purpose till in my 30s. So it took me a while to actually get there. Um, and it is, it is true because I think that feeling that you get with every setback in your life with every decision you make with every triumph that you know you have um you know succeeded in it makes you more of who you are it guides you towards what you're good at what you think this is really what you're good at and what you want to do and a feeling of being in flow right and i know a lot of people talk about it but it's just 
artists do it all the time. And, you know, a lot of people who are very creative do this and athletes do, you know, so they get in the flow of things where it's just a feeling that overtakes them and it becomes like a natural thing. It doesn't even, you know, you don't feel like you're doing something. You just feel this is what I meant to do. And that takes time to, to find that because like, you know, you got to figure out what, what that is. Some people know it really young. Some people don't. Some people take really long time and some people never actually find it. But I think what you're trying to do is you're trying to be aware. You're trying to be, you know, always conscious of what that feeling is when you get into that feeling. And that's when you can try to find your purpose. So that's, that's I guess, one of the signs. You go, wow, this feels like I'm really lit up when I'm doing this mm-hmm. thing. I want to do more of that because I feel like that's my home. That's where I belong. Yeah. Right. What other yeah. questions can we ask ourselves that might help us understand what our purpose is? Because I reckon most of us just float around in life going, what even am I doing? What, what, <laughs> why am I on this planet? <laughs> it can't be just this, you know? Absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, um, I feel for me, there's five key questions that I ask myself, or I used to ask myself all the time. Um, because, one of the things that made me really start questioning what my purpose is was one one major overarching question is what is the legacy that you want to leave right so i was in a corporate job uh you know very high up very successful in all the material world's context of successful but i was really unhappy And, you know, I woke up one day and said, what is it that I really want my legacy to be? What do I want to be remembered for? And I think that's the number one question you have to ask yourself. And with that question, there are, you know, five other very practical things that you just have to figure out. One is, who are you? And when I say who are you, is who are you? I'm Shamila and, you know, this is you know, my lived experience is, you know, so-and-so. I've, you know, I grew up in Malaysia. You know, I've, I've lived around the world. I've been in media. I've been in building businesses. This is who I am. But also who I am is what is it that I, what is my legacy? What do I want to leave behind? And that is trying to make an impact with female founders or women and young girls. Then the second question is, what do you love to do? Now, this is where it gets really tricky, right? Because we all have like a hundred hobbies. Some, some people like, you know, we like to write or cook or design or write code or teach or whatever. And, you know, there's a lot that you can do, but then you have to look at, you know, what is it that you love to do? So, and when you ask yourself this question, it means, it really comes down to what is the one thing that you feel supremely qualified to teach other people. Oh. <laughs> and that becomes... That's suddenly now yeah. the field for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? So, like, I love to cook, for sure. And, you know, I'm very passionate about cooking. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go open up a restaurant and become a chef. I'm not supremely qualified enough to do that, hands okay. down. Right. And um, so I guess that's that's the second question that you ask yourself. Mm. And the third to the fifth question is actually the key, which is think about who you do it for. Mm. Who do you want to serve? That's that's the third question. What do they want or need that you can give them? And the final question, which is also very important, is how do they change or transform as a result of what you give them? Oh, man, these are big. Mm. I know. <laughs> I'm writing notes. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, if you... I was just going to say, do you feel a lot of barriers that maybe women, everybody obviously, but women put up is they don't give themselves permission to sit still and consider these questions. They, they're moving around in a busy life and they don't actually give themselves the time to actually go through them. Because I guess when you work through them, naturally the answers become more clearer. 
Absolutely. And I mean, you don't need to like go off on a retreat or, you know, go away for a whole weekend and sit down and, you know, like think about this and be in silence. I think you can just work through them slowly. And some of these questions and answers that you come up with will change, will evolve because it's just a natural uh, pathway of growth, right? However, I think the, the bit where you, it doesn't evolve as much is what is it that you think you want to do for others? How do you want to serve? And who are you? You must recognize who you are. You must walk in your truth, right? Whoever that does not walk in their truth will never be able to answer the other, other four questions. I think a lot mm. of those questions can be answered whilst you're in the shower or out for a jog. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think if you set yourself the intention, just, well, just you have this sort of, you know, in the back of your mind and you might let your free-flowing thoughts sometimes land mm-hmm. on an answer that is always inside you anyway. Often we know yeah. the answer but we're too scared to hear yes. it. <laughs> absolutely. And you don't have to be 100% perfect. The other thing about women is we feel like, oh, we've got to get this perfect. There's no such thing as as perfection. It is trial and error. It is your lived experience. At some point, you will you will come to a decision of exactly what it is um, that fits into these these questions and these answers, and that they will last for a long time. But again, they will evolve. You uh, know, so don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, it's not like you got to get the answer straight up. You know, at that point. I also think, Shamila, um, just to wrap up, there's plenty of space for today I can't be bothered having a purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is. But then that, again, relates back to whether I think purpose does not mean that it's a bit of a, I hate to say, bastardized word because everyone's kind of used it, you know, free willingly and said, oh, what is your purpose? But it really goes back to who do you want to serve? If Everybody's looking for a few things, happiness, purpose, um, you know, how do I bring this together? And it's about meaningfulness, right? So, Mm. I mean, a a very famous psychologist, social psychologist said, humans may resemble many other creatures in their striving for happiness, but the quest for meaning is the key part of what makes us human and so uniquely possible. So, it's really about meaning and meaning goes back to service. It's, it's, if you look at those five questions, only two is about yourself and the other three are about other people. Mm. What do they need? How do you serve more and how they can serve themselves? I love it. So I think that's, what, that's fundamentally what it is. I mean, forget the words, forget the verbiage. It's really about what you want to give out into this world so that people, when you're, when you're at your funeral, and I guess you're not going to be there, but you kind of are, um, <laughs> you know, you want people to remember you for something, you know, they want them to go, oh my God, yes, Joe, you, you know, this is what she, she had one kick-ass radio show and she shared all this information and we learned so much and it made me want to jump out of bed every morning. You know what I mean? Like, Aww. that's kind of what you want. Yeah, that's, you know what they're going to be yeah. saying. They're going to be saying not one kick-ass radio show. They're going to be saying, "Oh, she was that that chick that started Broad Radio, and now the whole the whole of you know it's a full network of radio shows, yeah. there you and go. podcasts, oh, and everything. changing, yeah. I'm changing it. our lives. That's it. Exactly right. Your very own, like Oprah, very own network. <laughs> oh wow. Ah. All right. I'm loving this, but uh, we, we must move on. But Shamila, thank you so much. You can check out Shamila's work on Unapologetically Brown. It's a beautiful podcast. I do love it. And you can check her out at herwit.com.au if you want to find more of Shamila's work. Thank you so much for joining us on Broad Radio, Sham. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Take care, guys. Bianca, let's have a laugh and let's do it in the form of a song. So let's welcome comedian Jude Pearl. Hi there, Jude. Hello. How's it going? It's so lovely to see you on Broad Radio. Now, I understand that you are a brilliantly trained musician. Were you heading down the path of like serious 
artist and got somehow seduced by comedy? I like, that's a nice way of putting it. Let's go with that. As <laughs> it was, I was definitely heading in that, I was like, I'm going to be an indie pop singer-songwriter and, um, and then I realised that I couldn't write songs with the words like pimple and <laughs> goblins and just things that all the stuff that I really wanted to talk about and so I fell into music comedy because I could actually express myself more authentically and fully. I like that. With those words. I like that. You can't say pimple and goblin on Triple J. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not heard it and I feel like that's that you know I don't feel seen when I listen to Triple J for that reason but yeah so the problem uh, so you're going to sing a song for us this morning and um, I always feel a bit awkward to kind of I don't know how to do we say take it away or would you like me to introduce yeah. you <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. I mean, what is usually really good is if you like hype me up really well and then I come in and do a really awkward intro and just bring the mood right back down and then do the song. So that's usually okay. the kind of the roller coaster I like to, All right, to go on. So. Okay. How's this for hyping you up? Um, ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to find a more brilliant and hilarious and beautiful singer than Jude Pearl. We're so lucky to have her. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the extraordinary musical stylings of Jude Pearl. Oh, thanks very much. This is a song about labels. I hope that you like it. Here we go. Well, if a label's helpful, you should use it. If a label's helpful, you should definitely use it. Well, sometimes labels are the key to identify your identity. If a label's helpful, you should use it. If a label makes you feel much safer, so you don't have to explain things to your workmates or your neighbor. If that label helps define who you are and saves you time. If the label's helpful, you should use it. But sometimes labels just cause interference. And some people find them more of a hindrance. Cause maybe you don't fit in one group. You're more complex than a can of soup. Unless that label's helpful, then don't use it. When I was nine, I was sure that I was gay. I wore baggy clothes, I was scared of men, and all the boys I liked told me I was gay. But then one day I saw a vag and I said, that's nice, but it's not for me. And I hate to say it, it makes me sick, but I really do love me some dick. If a label gets you something you need. If the label's accurate and it can help you succeed. If that label gets you the right medication, assist you with your education. If the label's helpful, fucking milk the shit out of it. Well, I was a music artist in my early 20s, but people wouldn't buy it because I wasn't cool or sexy. It's being sexy and writing songs, apparently, can't occur independently. But it's cool because I left the music industry on good terms, mostly. <laughs> so then I labeled myself a comedian, and a bunch of people were like, no, you're not a comedian. Well, I guess they're right. What do I know? I've only written and performed five full length comedy shows. I just thought the label might be helpful from a marketing perspective. <laughs> that label so I don't use it the label doesn't help me I don't use it some labels might be true for you forever you take care of those labels because they hold your life together well that was a time you had to hide that part of you it's life denied now there is no greater warmth of pride when the world affirms who you are inside some labels might be true for you at one stage but being open-minded means a to change that same label that freed your heart could one day be your prison bars only use that label when it's helpful yeah only use that label when it's helpful only use that label only use that label only use that label when it's helpful oh my god that <laughs> was glorious and why wouldn't yeah. they play that on triple j they absolutely oh. should <laughs> 
That was so good, dude. Now, I often sing songs like that in the shower. They don't go for that long, but I'll come up with some annoying, like, verse that I think, you know what, this is really important, and my partner tells me to shut up all the time. But I feel like you've really found the quirky way to make it fun as well. How long does it take you to come up with the lyrics firstly and then put it all together like that? Because that's far better than what I try and do. <laughs> well, that's it's you just start, it starts with an idea in the shower. You know, that's the beginning <laughs> of it, and then and then it grows. Um, I usually it, it I I, can, I don't know the exact amount of time, but it's it's not it definitely doesn't come together super quickly. So I think you should keep. Growing oh no! Going. I'm happy to Please. not try ever, ever, ever publicly. <laughs> um, but Jude, I know I read that you're actually working on a full musical, and and hearing that song, I want to hear more. I want to hear a full two-hour Broadway-style musical. <laughs> well, I um, okay, I'll do it. Are you? Are you? Is that true that you're you're writing? I, you know, you're sort of in the background in your mind. You're working towards something like that. I mean, that's always the goal is, yeah, mm. like there's nothing. It sounds like the kind of thing I would have said to impress somebody. But oh, it's not it like was, I don't have anything <laughs> no, it actually was, set it, in stone. But one it, day. It was hopefully. in an article that I read online. So, yeah, obviously you would just, you know, you, I'm guessing that was an answer to a journal who said, and what's your next plan? And I often. Oh, yeah, and I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's was, like when people just, say to me, you should write a book. I'm like, I am, as if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's, yeah, just to kind of get, you know, yeah, try and appease them. It, it, they're like, are you, are you working on anything bigger? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I am, <laughs> obviously. So, yeah, um, hopefully one day. Well, Jude, that was absolutely glorious. Thank you so much. Um, so many boxes ticked as far as language that we haven't yet had on broad radio, so I, yes, I appreciate right. that. I thank you for that. Um, we can buy your music, can't we, judepearl.bandcamp? Is that, can you yes. please share that message? <laughs> what's the, what's yes, the yeah, yeah. URL? That's, you got it. Yeah, um, judepearl.bandcamp.com. And uh, like that song that I just played is there, um, as well as some of my previous releases when I was trying to be a serious indie pop singer songwriter. If you want to see my journey um, from songs about pimples to songs that have more pimple related things. Um, yeah, uh, but also on Spotify and iTunes and all the other things. But Bandcamp is if you're ever looking for ways to support independent artists. Um, music artists, the Bandcamp's a great website um, for that. So Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much. I absolutely loved it. Thanks for it's being on same. Board Radio this so morning, Jude. Thanks for great. having me. So good to see you both. See you soon. Yes, yeah, see you <laughs> soon and we'll have more Bye. Broad Radio after this. Man, she is glorious. I'm obsessed with Jude Pearl. Um, you can catch her if you're in Melbourne next week at the Butterfly Club. Uh, why wouldn't you get along and see that? Because that just was the most delightful thing I've seen in a long time. How talented is she? <laughs> so good. Oh, I just even how it was just like this roller coaster ride of storytelling as she was going through that song. That's what I was loving. And then throwing out all these words that I was like, whoa, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. The best. Well, now we've come to the end of the show, B, but I just have to mention that Super Netball is, of course, back and we are Collingwood supporters, so um, we're hoping that the pies do well, but we would love you to just watch the shows. They're on Channel 9, yeah? Yeah, on Channel 9, and I have to uh, just disagree with you there. Yes, oh. I'm a Magpie supporter in the AFL, but my old team, the Melbourne Vixens, are the reigning premiers, and I do hope they go back-to-back -back this year, Joe. <laughs> so sorry to assume, Bianca. I thought you were black and white <laughs> through and through, but, of course, the Vixens, the original Melbourne side, that, that's fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you can, yeah, where can we catch it if you want to watch the games? Yep, so Saturday, Sunday on Channel 9, but also now it's back COVID, non-COVID style like last year. We're actually games, you can go and watch them now in all the capital cities they'll be happening over the next 17 weeks. So wherever you are in Australia, there is netball to go and watch and uh, I'd love to see all your faces around the courts because I'm so excited to be back working in actual person and we can go and call the games and have a great time and see those incredible athletes running around on the court. And, geez, they're super exciting, those games, and the crowd goes nuts. Love it. 
Yes, and to be honest, hard to work on because you've got the crowd so loud. It's hard to hear the producers in your ear, which is okay because often we ignore them anyway, but you hear the producers <laughs> in your ear telling you what to do, telling you what to say. Uh, but, no, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah, I don't ignore the producers, Ro, do I? No. Oh, no, <laughs> sorry, Ro, not you, Ro, not you. <laughs> Put your mic on, Ro, and say hello. Good morning, everyone. No, this is a wonderfully diligent team who do pay attention to their producer. <laughs> I love it. So calm, um, though. You're always so calming. She is. We try. She is. She's oh, she's more than the wind beneath our wings. She's everything. Um, well, B, thanks so much again. It's been delightful to share with you. I would love you to check out Broad Radio on the go, which is our podcast if you want to catch up on previous episodes. Um, and, of course, like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us and like us on Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Insta as well, of course. And uh, we will see you all again next week on Broad Radio. Have a great week. See you later. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.